Hello everyone and welcome to the Bernardisa Talks show. And today on my show we have Mr. Gopi Karnakaran, an avid reader, a blogger on economic and politics. Welcome to the show Mr. Gopi. Thank you Bernard for having me on the show. Nice talking to you. I look forward to your questions. Right. My major questions are based on the current economic situation of the country. Keeping in mind that we have been blaming COVID as a main reason, but we all know the situation was similar or, or worse even before the COVID could come into picture. Yeah. So I want to get your views on this particular, the whole concept of economy and how it has changed. Because right now I see that people are comparing us with Pakistan or with Bangladesh. And yeah. once upon a time, India was a growing economy. Yeah. Uh, Bernard, um, I don't want to, you know, give you opinions uh, rather than, uh, rather I would like the figures to speak for itself, you know. See, the economy was already declining uh, before right. the COVID, as you said, and um, those facts are in front of us. Now, you know, after COVID, you know, the Indian GDP shrank by 7.3% in 2021. And these are not my figures. These are official figures. Right. And uh, according to the figures, the recovery is only expected in 22-23. We had a, a GDP of rupees 145 trillion before COVID started. And now it has shrunk to about rupees 135 trillion in 2021 right it is the worst performance you know since uh, the independent i mean we need to know that we are in dry straits the rbi is projecting a growth rate of 9.5 percent in 21 22 on an average but it is highly unlikely that this would be achieved we are having a problem of you know demand though the RBI has reduced the repo rate or rather maintained the repo rate and accommodative stance. It is still not able to pick up the demand, which is absent now. There is no confidence in the markets. The reason is because people don't have the purchasing power. They have lost their incomes. Companies right. have closed down. People have no jobs. Salaries have been cut by 30% in some cases. So where is the purchasing power? You know, people aren't going. They are not purchasing things. It is just like what happened in 1939 uh, during the Depression. There was no purchasing power. People were not buying things. Factories were closing down. And then the economy went into a depression. Right. The banks are also not, even though the repo rates are so low, the banks are not even lending. There are no customers coming in because there's no confidence in the market. The deposit ratio, the credit deposit ratio is just around 71.3, which is the lowest in 15, 50 months. The last low was in March 2017. The banks have become, you know, risk averse. They are not spending. They are not lending rather. And there is simply no confidence in the market. What we need to look at is our fiscal policy. The monetary policy is not helping. People, you know, the lower the rate, you know, you, still there's not going to be any investment. What we need to look at is the fiscal policy. 
the government is not very clear where to spend the money and how to spend the money. Right. As long as the government borrows locally, you know, there is an argument saying that if the government comes into the market, then the private investors are pushed out because the, uh, the government is cornering all the money. But today, since they are not investing, let the government do the job. Right. You know, and there is a thing saying that, you know, if the fiscal deficit increases, the government debt increases, then there is going to be flight of capital. It is all totally nonsense. As long as, you know, the money is in the country, you're using the country's money, not borrowing from abroad. Things are very safe. Look right. at America. It is spending $5 trillion because of the COVID. Yeah. It is, we are nowhere near there. Our national debt is projected to be about you know 86 uh, to 87 percent but in japan it is 200 percent in the u.s it is you know 132 percent and in the u.s it seems this 132 percent will remain so for another four or five years they are not and the argument may be you know uh, that the u.s is having uh, is a world currency and you know people are investing in dollars so they don't have a problem Fine, but India will also not have a problem because the money is in India. You can print the money and the government has got a lot of assets. It can all, always draw against those assets. I mean, um, and we should be spending more. You know, the government is the largest buyer. You know, even today, even post-COVID time, you know, the government was the largest buyer. As long as the government spends the money, there will be confidence in the uh, private enterprises. They would be then willing to spend. They know that the money is going to come. And how do you get back this money is by increasing taxation. In India today, the taxation is so low. We, you know, in uh, in um, Europe, you know, the taxation is almost 45%. Whereas India, it is so low at 16, 17%. You know, we are getting our priorities wrong. You know, in India... Today, the government is going to project it in 21-22, is going to be spending about 15.6% of the GDP. Right. Uh, yeah. But in UK, Germany, it is almost, you know, 22 to 23%. Right. See, that is why, you know, uh, there is the economy is reviving. American economy is now reviving. People are happy. But in India, we are going down the drain. Even. Right. So... This, in short, uh, Bernard, is what I I have a problem with. You know, I mean, uh, for example, um, this uh, gentleman who is the head of the Finance Commission, N. K. Singh, when he was asked about uh, deficit financing or you know borrowing, he said that there are many opinions. But my question is, what is your opinion? You know, I mean, there are so many opinions available. You know, but what is your considered opinion? The government is totally at a loss, you know. Right. But but keeping that in mind, uh, you know, the present scenario, what do you think the government should have done to revive it? Yeah, as I mentioned, you know, the, you know, printing money or, you know, borrowing is not for, you know, consumption, you know, but for capital consumption, building right. roads, dams, ports. I know it takes a long time, but then that is one area where you have to start um, you know, giving orders for, you know, cement, steel and other things. Right. And at the same time, you know, increase, uh, you know, direct benefit transfers. I mean, I think, you know, we should be sending money to the people so that they can start buying things, you know. 
direct benefit transfer is something which can revive the economy. We have not been able to do it. And we are having M. Negra and other things. But, you know, so far, you know, nothing much has happened. You know, there's no, I know people who are, you know, one of my uh, driver, uh, sorry, you know, taxi drivers uh, whom I always uh, call uh, to take me around. He has stopped uh, driving because there are no customers. And no the taxi company is asking him for 500, 600 rupees every day you know, that he has to pay towards the lease and other things. He doesn't have the money. Right. You know, so this is just one part. There will be so many other people, you know. Right. I mean, yeah, because right now the situation is that most of the daily wage laborers are the ones who have been badly hit. And also the the workers, like the workers who work for factories, who work at, you know, corporate houses. Yeah. I've been badly hit. Yeah. But but do you think like right now, seeing that the, the whole market is right now moving towards India? So could India be the new manufacturing hub? And could India be could that be one of the reasons why the GDP could grow as well? Well, I'm not so sure, you know. You know, just when uh, the COVID outbreak uh, took place, and even before that, when there was rising tension between the US and China because of the South Sea and, you know, aggression against Taiwan and all that. You know, there was a... And during uh, President Trump's time, you know, there were talk that, you know, the uh, the Indian... Uh, sorry, the U.S. companies based in China would move to India. But nothing of that happened. It all went to Vietnam. I really do not know what is the reason. It must be, you know, I have a big feeling. One is, you know, the Indian culture here, the government culture, you know, Changing right. of uh, rules and regulation every second day is right. uh, creating a lot of issues, you know, and the infrastructure is also pretty bad, you know. I mean, it is not that, you know, it is so great. Our ports are congested, our roads are not yet that developed, the power supply is there. And then, you know, the local government, you know, I mean, one is, you know, central government may desire all that, but the local governments are not up to it. Right. You know, uh, you need to have uh, so many approvals and uh, and that is, you know, frustrating for these uh, foreigners, you know, especially setting up a factory, you know, setting up a service industry it doesn't require much time. You buy a place and, you know, get all that other thing. But setting up a factory, pollution control, electric power, water supply, all that is a thing. And the third thing I would also want to tell you is the skill levels in India are not available as what is available in China. We have a problem. You know, we have so many graduates, um, uh, engineering graduates, but they are of poor quality. Even our the workmen on the factory level are not skilled. I mean, they are not even past uh, their primary school education. So, you know, handling factory jobs and other things is very difficult unless and until you are trained and we don't have those skill levels here. And the productivity is low. The third thing I would like to add is the productivity. Whereas in um, uh, China and Vietnam, the productivity levels are very high. Whereas in India, it is pretty low. I don't have the figures, but, you know, we can look into it and tell you that yeah. is one of the reasons. You know, the productivity level is also low. Uh, right. You know, we, we used to say that we are better than China because we have got a democracy. We have got a... A legal system, uh, English is the language, we have a middle class, you know, of 240 to 250 million. Uh, but that is all, you know, in thin air, you know, nothing much has happened.
nothing much has happened and uh, there were a lot of hopes you know that the chinese uh, american companies based in china would come to india but it has not happened it's not happened right yeah before we could end up i have one more question for you yeah, uh, i yeah. just want to know your views on the uh, direct benefit transfers or like taxing the rich inheritance of yeah. tax what are yeah. your views oh that is my favorite subject you know and <laughs> i would like to talk about it you know the there is a rising inequality all over the world not only in india uh, 1% of the population in us and in europe whole 90% of the wealth i mean this is a fact uh, which people <laughs> don't believe but it is a fact and uh, the bottom in you know, a 20% has just about you know 1 or 2% of the total income and this income is not from manufacturing or anything it is just financial transactions so the wealth is being accumulated so now my suggestion here is that you know we need to tax the super rich one is you know the uh, even you know like the maximum income tax in india is about you know 30% 30% uh, right yeah but uh, why should uh, mr mr be taxed at 30% and a guy who is earning you know 18 to 24 lakhs per annum is also taxed at 30% it should be higher and if you look at you know what is happening in um, what happened uh, between 1950 and 1970 up to 1975 the tax rates were very high the income tax rates were very high and it was at that time you know there was a lot of development investments and the life of the people were very rich i mean very you know they were living a good life but after you know 75 71 72 and then later on when uh, ronald reagan became the president uh, and margaret thatcher became the prime minister in the uk you know they started the supply side economics where they started uh, decreasing the taxes saying that there will be a trickle down effect uh, because you know if the rich are taxed less they will spend uh, invest more but that never happened and then that slide took place and uh, you know even today you know most of the americans and the britishers you know they hate these two people because of what they have done to their economy the rich have become richer the poor have become poorer now to come back to your um, question about uh, taxation yes. one is you know we need to reintroduce the wealth tax or the inheritance tax all right wealth tax you know or estate duty tax you know when the person dies you know his estate is taxed at some level and um, or you know when you uh, give inheritance you know when you pass on you know at that time either way you know you can tax at that level at that time too so i'm not saying that everybody should be done i am only talking about the super rich here people in the the 1% of the people who own uh, 90% of the assets or the um, uh, income so you have to tax them you know maybe uh, i uh, can't uh, talk about the levels but at a reasonably high level uh, and uh, this has been advocated by thomas piketty emmanuel uh, says and all these people and there are great books written on it it is possible to be done okay. i mean uh, why should the son of a, of a tycoon get all the wealth you know i mean because what has he contributed to that 
So he should lose some of it, you know. Can you imagine if, you know, the estate of Mr. I don't want to take names, but, you know, it is around, you know, 70 to 80 billion dollars, you know, and if you tax it at 50%, um, you would get about 40 billion dollars and that can fund the education level here in India. That is one, you know, and... Uh, uh, the uh, direct benefit, you know, um, it's a big subject, but, you know, um, um, it is uh, needed, you know. I mean, I'm not talking everybody should get, but a certain uh, section of the people who are below the poverty line should get uh, living income. And that should be provided by the government. <laughs> that is my uh, thing. And taxing of the rich, as I said, one is, you know, increase the uh, income tax rates. The brackets, yeah for the super rich and then you know introduce the inheritance tax or the estate duty tax reintroduce you know it was there uh, until uh, the late 1980s and when rajiv gandhi removed it you know i do not know for what reason so i think we should do that right well there's going to be a lot of uh, insightful stuff listing from you like how the economy and you know the the tax part yes as you said i could definitely get that like it's your favorite subject <laughs> like how the, it should be taxed i think uh tax plays a very vital role in a growing country like india keeping in mind that yeah. there are only five to ten percent of people of the total population who are being taxed yeah uh, just uh bernard one more thing i want to add you know we yeah. have got only two taxes in india one is the income tax which is a direct tax uh, and uh, or, you know, customs duty, whatever is there, you know, uh, customs duty is only on, you know, petroleum products. And the second thing is the indirect tax with the GST. Okay. Now, there is a third element, you know, which is called the payroll tax or the social security tax. We need to introduce that, you know, in, in the US and in America, we have, you know, almost 45 to 50 percent of it is tax and it is an equal proportion you know 33 percent direct investment direct taxation 33 percent is indirect and 33 percent is you know social security tax this social security tax i'm saying is to be introduced so that the the current generation pays for the past generation like you know if somebody is you know above 60 he starts getting pension okay uh, he will get pension, disability benefit or whatever is there, you know, health, insurance, all that. And the current generation will pay for that, just as the next generation will pay for that. This is how, you know, the European society works. You know, it's not in America. America, to a certain extent, it is there. But in Europe, that is the thing. You know, if you look at retirees in Europe, you know, going on holidays and, you know, having uh, fun, it is because of the social security system. So we need to do look at that. You know, we don't have people looking at that. We are just bothered about you know interest rates and this and that. But the basic thing is that you know right. you can't have a GDP growth of you know 10, 12 percent if we need to catch up with China, unless you have um, a proper education, skill, labor, health, sanitation all that you know we are looking at the wrong uh, side of things you know gdp is not the indicator of growth you know your hdi human development index in terms of you know sanitation health nutrition you know stunted growth 
you know, there was a joke, you know, I think the latest book written by Kaushik Basu, he says that, you know, the, uh, he was talking about stunted growth. So one of the IAS officers told him, you know, what is stunted growth? Even Napoleon was shot. I mean, it is not a question of height, you know. It is a stunted growth is also in terms of mental ability. Because right. of lack of nutrition, you know, you're, you may be not very tall, but you can be intelligent too, you know, if you have the proper nutrition. Nutrition doesn't make everybody uh, tall, you know. It depends upon a genetic thing, but, you know, nutrition helps you develop your brain, your other physical abilities. So this is the type of people we have in the government. Sorry to tell you that. <laughs> right, right. Well, well, Mr. Gopi, that was pretty insightful about how the whole economic system, the taxation and everything works. Maybe we should have one more session later on discussing more in details how India could, you know, grow ahead. Yeah, sure, of sure, 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 the other. sure. Well, thank you so much for taking out your time and being here on the show. Yeah, Bernard, thank you for asking me. It was a pleasure uh, talking to you. And dear listeners, if you have any queries, you can drop me a text or tweet. Uh, Mr. Gopikaran will be very happy to respond to all your queries. All right, then. Thank you. Yeah. yeah bye. Okay. Bye. 